And what is up, everybody? It's your favorite Angry American on the Angry American Nation podcast. We're running a little light tonight. We've got some crew out doing goon stuff. They might show up. I don't know if they'll show up or when, but we'll see. We're hoping they will. But we do have the illustrious Sularu back. Say hi to everybody, Sue. I'm back. There he is. But more importantly, even better than Sue, is we've got Hakeem Eisler here tonight, guys. And and Hakeem's a nice guy. I mean, one as as far as people go, personality-wise, a genuinely nice guy. I've never even seen you uh, look sternly in someone's direction, man. <laughs> and, uh, and and he goes by the Black MacGyver. Um, Hakeem's in, into survival, combatives. Uh, he's got his own foundation. He's doing a lot of stuff. But I'm going to let Hakeem tell you guys about that. So, Hakeem, with, with no more to do, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate being on the show. And um, I will I will add to what you said. Like I never look sternly at anybody, no, uh, just so that just so that they it's not a cry wolf moment. When it happens, then everyone knows it's game one. <laughs> yeah. They know it's for real. Yeah, they know it's for real. There's no uh, and I'm I'm a Gemini, so there's no middle ground. I'm either Hawk or Hakeem, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good, man. That's good. So. So give everybody a little bit of the, of the rundown on your background, because I know your martial arts, the survival, all the things you're into. It's a kind of a I mean, they, they mesh well together, but some aspects of it, like the ninja side of things, sounds a little different than what most people are, are doing. So let's let's give folks a rundown on, on how you got to where you are and, and what you're doing now. Yeah, so I, I grew up in North New Jersey. I, I was born in North New Jersey, grew up in New Brunswick, where uh, Rutgers University is. And um, while I was there, when I was nine, I told my mom I wanted to be a ninja. And she laughed and thought that was like really silly and crazy. And then uh, about when I, I started martial arts at eight, kept in it the whole time. And when I got to about 21, I discovered this guy, the first American uh, to go to Japan, learn the ninja martial arts and bring it back to America. And of all places, he lived in Ohio. So, <laughs> wow. so I went, to, you know, I told my mom, this is what I got to do. I got to go and train with this ninja guy. And everybody thought I was crazy. Went there, visited him, loved it, came back, saved up $1,200, moved to Ohio to train with him, trained with him uh, nonstop almost every day for five years. And then I joined the army. I went into psychological operations because it was the closest thing to being kind of in the special operations world that also had the ninja background of being able to use psychological warfare and understand what that meant and so on and so forth. And I wanted to be able to use my talents and my gifts uh, to serve my country because I was serving my family well, I was serving my community well, um, you know, I was serving the people around me, but I was not, I had not served my country yet. So for me, that was a big deal. So I was like, I have these skills. Let me jump in and, and learn it. And I was super passionate about it. I really loved it. And during that time, I started when I would go out and I would come up with missions or ideas on how to solve different problems that we had on missions. And I was always creating. So, uh, my friends were like, man, you're like, you're like MacGyver. You're like the black MacGyver. <laughs> so, so that just kind of like, oh, and then, you know, we all laughed and it was just something that, you know, uh, continued with me as I moved on. Later, I got That's out, started a martial school, teaching all of these different skills, went to executive protection school, graduated with honors from that. 
um, and then decided that I was going to go on Naked and Afraid, this television show. And I remember I did that. your episodes had, too. I remember you being on. <laughs> that was a tough episode, man. I'm telling you, it changed my whole world. Bro, you, know? you guys, and, uh, that, that show puts you in the absolute worst possible places and the worst possible conditions to just make you suffer. That's that's what it was about. Yeah. So. They, they just want to see you suffer. Yeah. And it, yeah. uh, but it, it, it woke me up. It gave me this opportunity to explore who I was really, really deep inside. And I had some issues with PTSD that I had not confronted because in my mind, I was the psychological warfare guy. Of course, I understand psychology. I understand how my brain works. So, you know, I'm, I compartmentalize real well, so I don't have any issues. But then when I got out there and um, I didn't have any of the distractions of the world, you know, I was just shown my deep, deep essence of who I was. And so I came back and I was like, I have to provide experiences like this for other people. And that's why I started the Soil Foundation. Soil means seeds of indigenous learning. And I feel like indigenous people anywhere in the world all had this really great connection with nature. And they understood what it was like to dive deep into this connection between nature and them. It doesn't matter where you come from, where you are, you'll find some, you'll find the people of those eras in the past really had this, especially the warriors really had a deep connection with the outdoors, with hunting, with nature, with, you know, doing all those type of things. And so that's where the Soil Foundation came from. And as I continued on, I started getting more television gigs. I showed, I appeared on uh, the Kelly Clarkson show and First Man Out and uh, Race to Survive Alaska and Couples Retreat and or Couples Count, Couples Therapy. So I did all these different things. Um, and that's what I've been doing. I've been teaching martial arts, teaching all these different survival skills that I've acquired over the years. I've written several books and I still hold to this ninja ideal because the ninja themselves were these kind of generalists uh, first. And then they had certain specificities that they focused on um, and they would get hired for missions based or, or used for missions based on what they specialized in. But they always had just like any military person, you are a, you are an infantryman first if you, we're talking about the army and then you're whatever your real job is, you know, but you better know how to shoot better not to move and communicate and do all those things first. That's what basic training is about. And then, oh yeah, that's by the way, you're a cook as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's how the ninja were. So, you know, I kind of feel like I'm walking in that, that ancient lineage's footsteps by having, you know, being able to have really good knowledge in a bunch of different things and uh, use that as my, my operating system to kind of see the world and help me deal with problems. That's, that's awesome, man. Um, it's a lot like, you know, I was on a show too and, and um, I didn't pursue that side of things. They could afraid begged me to be on their show. And I was like, mm -mm, no way in hell, not doing that. I'm not doing that under no circumstances. I'm not um, but going back to one thing you said, you said your buddies called you the Black MacGyver. And so on the podcast, we like to do giveaways. So the way the giveaways work is tonight's hashtag is hashtag the Black MacGyver. And you put that in the comments and you're going to be registered to win. And this week, I know I have one of these left. Now, it's not going to be the green one. I don't think it's a black one. But I'm going to give away a Zippo lighter for fire in honor of Hakeem being a survival instructor. We're going to give away some fire tonight. So one of the Angry American Zippo lighters will be to get when we do this drawing later in the show. Um, 
Hang on, we're gonna take care of some administrative stuff. Um, hang on. Sorry, guys, this is something that's just irritating me. All right, that's done. All right, so, so Sue can speak to to the cross training thing better than I can, being as how he was. Uh, you know, he's a he's a fag, and in our world, Hakeem, you know, fag means former action guy. So uh, he's yeah. uh, he's a team guy. <laughs> Yeah, did we you probably, ever? We probably chewed a lot of the same dirt, Hakeem. Where did you serve most at? Afghanistan or Iraq? Iraq. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I was I was there with the thirty six commandos and stuff like that. Maybe, hell, maybe maybe this is a maybe this is from you too. You recognize this one? Can you see it? I've seen that photo. Yeah. This is psychological operations. This is this is me in the battle before the second battle of Fallujah. And the combat camera got that, that wow. picture. So they made a whole bunch of flyers of these and dropped them all over Fallujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. That's pretty so yeah. So they're they're worried about the the, uh, the ugly redhead coming, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so you but said you're uh, you're teaching. They gave me an English. They gave me an English version of it. Oh yeah, I noticed it didn't have the squigglies. Yeah. It's, it's, it had rubber <laughs> yeah. words on it, and not hieroglyphics. <laughs> not to disparage anybody's whatever culture. I don't give a shit personally. But so I know you're teaching survival. You're teaching obviously martial arts. Um, what else are you teaching right now? So for me, and the reason I created Survive University is that. You know, everything comes down to our, our survival, right? So um, whether it be, and as you move through these different levels of the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, whether you are talking about, uh, you know, how I interact with people at work or how I can keep it's all about survival. So that's why I, I kind of circle around all these different skills. I do the martial arts training. Um, I do, you know, shooting tactics and, and, and training. I also do wilderness survival and urban survival. As you know, I have uh, my team ready book out, which is partially urban survival as well as being able to build a quality team. Um, and then I have the ninja wilderness survival book out as well, which talks a lot about the different survival aspects. So for me, it's all about everything is about survival, whether the, the, the soccer mom at home going out, she's still always thinking about survival. How do I keep my family fed? Where do I need to go? How do I keep the roof over the head? You know, the husband is the same way or the male is the same way doing the same thing, right? We're all waking up every day trying to, you know, fulfill all these tenets of survival. So that's very important um, to me. And I think it's, it's very important to everybody else, which is why, you know, not only these books, but I'm going to be writing several other ones as well. So. That's awesome. I love to see people get into publishing and especially uh, the nonfiction side of the survival things, because there's a lot of books out there. Yeah, I'm not picking on any one author. I don't think I have someone in mind because I don't, but a lot of them aren't done too well. So it's good to see somebody with a solid background, man, putting out real quality information. Um, that's that's fantastic. Um, do you know John Simmons? Do you know who you know him? I do. Yeah, I, I, I figured that's why I threw his comment up there. I was like, John obviously knows you, so I know, and I know John. He's a great guy. That's why I stuck that up there for you. So, 
He's he's good yeah, people. Yeah. He get, and yeah, on what you're saying, go, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say I designed an axe that I brought with me on uh, Naked and Afraid, and later RMJ Tactical picked it up and they uh, they made a small run of them. And uh, they sold out right away. And uh, somebody recently told me that they're kind of like a collector's item now. So they go for like, you know, crazy amount of money. And I'm like, you know, wow, that's crazy. Like some guy told me like $2,200 he paid once. And I was like, okay. Wow. So yeah. We did a blade. We, we did a, a limited run of, of custom blades, uh, modified kukri, which we're working on getting it into production right now. But we only did, uh, what did we do, on um, 20 of them, I think it was, and they were 500 bucks at the time. They sold like that, and then it was a nightmare getting the band, the, the, the knife, the bladesmiths to finish them. And uh, But we're getting ready, I think, to put it into production. So yeah, I see, I've been dipped my toes into the world of blade making and all getting all that done. Yeah. Um, but, but back to what you were saying earlier about about teaching survival and, and how survival applies everywhere. If you're alive right now, you're a survivalist, you know, you're, you're still here. So you, you it's working out for you. You know, it's yeah. just, everybody has different levels of skills. That's all it is. Yeah. Some people need a, you know, some people need a, a whole foods and a Starbucks and all that kind of stuff to survive. And some people don't. So I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> you're absolutely right. And I, I think the way you put that, really if you're alive right now you survive so i might you might see that pop up in a book somewhere i'll quote you of course but yeah yeah take it run with it. i mean I, it's, it's one of the things I'll, I'll tell people when they talk about skills and survival classes and everything or they'll say i'm not a survivalist and i'm like well you're alive right now you are a survivalist you've, you've survived this long so you just need to mm -hmm. just add your toolbox to be able to survive in harsher conditions and whatever and, and learn discomfort and get comfortable with discomfort which is something i always try to teach my kids very unsuccessfully uh, that there's a difference between uncomfortable and dead. You know, you can be uncomfortable and you can be in pain and things like that and not be dead. Um, right, Sue? <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, you, know, you don't grow old by being stupid, you know. But, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Emory kind of, is getting kind of old, though. He's over 40, so. Yeah. He's an, ex uh, he's know. an exception <laughs> to the rule. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting that you said that. So the word ninja, a lot of people don't know this, but the word ninja uh, means one who endures, one who perseveres. So when people come in and they say, oh, I'm not into this ninja thing, or I can't be a ninja, I have a very similar way to, to speak to them, as you just said, where um, I say, well, you know, have you ever endured any hardship or persevered over any hardship in your life? And normally the, the answer is yes. And so I'm like, well, you're a ninja. I'm just here to, and I'm just here to teach you the principles that the ancients use in their system of ninjutsu, but you're already a ninja. You're already persevering, you're already enduring every day while you're doing what you're doing. So it's, it's funny how when to hear you explain that and break down your, you know, your quote, that it's very similar to what I've used in, in yeah. the ninja. Yeah, it's, you boil it down to its essence, essentially. You know, that's all we're talking correct, about. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hakeem, but uh, isn't it, the Shogun created the samurai cloth you know, uh, when uh, the Shogun was created. So he created the samurai class, which is much more than just, you know, fighting and, and uh, sword play and things like mm -hmm. that. But uh, they had to be very artistic. They had to be very disciplined. They had certain ceremonies they had to do with their teas or a lot of that in, in the same, uh, the same Bushidoism in uh, the ninja culture too. Yeah. 
No, so the ninja, so that that idea was um, was very samurai, like you mentioned. And what what some people don't know is that as time went on, there were samurai who became ninja and ninja who became samurai. Right. Uh, but that. as a cult, the ninja were a mountain people, so they were very like. Uh, if I was to s- try to sum it up in a way that we would understand it, they were very like hillbilly. You know, they were the hillbillies of that time. And if we can think about the aristocrats that live here and, you know, and work in politics and stuff like that. And, and maybe if you say like a Delta force operator um, versus a, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, a backwoods hillbilly type person, you get what I'm saying? Like two, two very good standards, but they just have different ways of looking at the world. You get what I'm saying? Like one is very regimented structured, and another would be regimented and structured, but in a whole different way. And that's how the ninja were. The issue was that instead of the culture at the time, the samurai respecting their freedoms and saying, okay, well, you can hang out in the woods and do what you wanted to do. They were like, no, the way we operate is that the, whatever the emperor wants or the shogun wants, everybody does, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if you're not doing what we're doing, then we're going to destroy you. And in some ways that kind of sounds a lot like today and right? in a lot of ways yeah. with some of the things we're going it's like, hey, if you don't believe in what I believe, then we're going to shut you down, um, you know. And so this idea uh, was something that was counter to culture at the time. And that's where the real conflict between the two came up was that these guys were like, hey, we're just living in the woods, doing our own thing with our own families. And you guys want to control us. And, and we don't want that. We want to we want to stay free. And um, that's where a lot of the clash happened. And so then, the, you know, just like a sniper, people would say, well, the ninja were assassins. It'd be like, well, would you call a sniper an assassin for the U.S. government? Maybe they just go in, they take out one person and they prevent a war. That seems pretty noble uh, versus the let's get everybody on boots on ground and like a whole bunch of people die, you know, for years and years and years when we could have just ended this with one shot, one kill, you know. Um, and so that was kind of the difference in mindset too, whereas the, the samurai tended to want to have honor. So they would like to fight openly in the field against one another to show, you know, their machismo and, and the ninja were like, Hey, we just, we're just some ragtag dudes up in the mountains. We just want to survive. We don't want to, we don't want, <laughs> we're not playing that honor game or any of that stuff. We, we just want to be up here with our families and enjoy ourselves. And it just, it was just a clash in ideas and concepts. So that's really classic insurgency. Yeah, there's classic insurgency with with the the samurai, the Bushido code essentially being the the organized military at the time, and the ninjas being the insurgents that they were trying to rout. And and as as happened throughout history, the samurais chase down the ninjas and persecute them for time. They use as the instrument by the powers that be, and then the powers that be later turn against the samurai class and disarm them and cut their hair and humiliate them and persecute them and kill them and do all the stuff. So it's like you said, it's the exact same things that are happening today. <laughs> you know, history kind of rhymes. It, what's old is new again. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> it just keeps coming around and coming around. So in a minute, I want to bring up something we, we talked about right before we came on. Um, but, but I'm going to make a quick pitch for the uh, Patreon. So if you guys want to join Patreon, you can join for any amount. We're going to be doing some reorganization on this here very soon. Patreon's going to 
be absorbed into the new website. There's going to be some features in there, different features and stuff too. Um, but on Patreon, you can have access to the Patreon live we do every week. And then also the after show, the on the rock show that we do after this, where we can be a little looser in what we talk about um, because we're not dealing with platforms that want to demonetize and, and destroy people. Um, let's, let's show them a quick little uh, on the rocks promo because we just love hearing Sue's voice. Let's run one of those real fast. And then we were going to get back to what we were talking about right before we went on. Paying attention to today's media makes about as much sense as having taste buds on your butthole. Pretty crappy. Sue, you really need to get a job doing voiceover work, man. I, I can't you. believe you guys used that one. That was, I sent that to Holly as a joke. <laughs> Come on now, you know better than that. <laughs> you think we're over here talking like, no, we don't want that. Yes, I absolutely want that. Yeah, uh, here's I mean, a comment for you. Came, I've been out of the picture for six. I've been in the hospital for, I've been on my back in the hospital for a month. So I forgot all about that one. That just, that just cracked me up. I forgot all about that one. Yeah. It burned when he <laughs> peed. So. <laughs> so trick there says, I missed my chance to be a samurai. I have a bald spot on the top of my head. No longer, and no longer to grow a top knot. <laughs> can't, can't grow a top, top knot. Uh, that's that's samurai, not ninja. <laughs> and he did say samurai, so uh, there we go. All right, so right before we came on again, I asked you if you were tracking what was going on with Berkey, uh, big Berkey filters. Um, and for those that don't know, the EPA has just through regulation, not through any sort of uh, legislative action whatsoever, simply through their internal mechanisms, like we know the federal government loves to do. If they can't pass something through legislation, they'll try to dictate it through regulation. And the EPA just declared Big Berkey water filters to be a pesticide. Let that sink in for a minute. They're not a water filter. They're somehow a pesticide. Uh, which they had to cease all sales immediately. Um, I know some guys that are in the, the Berkey business, um, and I can only imagine what's doing to them. I'm going to try to get a hold of one of them tomorrow because uh, I just found out about this earlier today. I was with me, me and Mel went to a water park, and we've been in the lazy river all day. That's what I've been up to. So, um, but what do you think about that, Hakeem? And have you ever used them? Have you ever used the Berkey filters first? Let me ask you that. Yes, I used a whole host of filters. It's not what I use on the normal, but yes. It's not what I use in the field, but I use it at home. So I had a big, I've got the big Royal, the biggest one you can get from them that, that does my house till the kids knocked it over here recently and uh, broke the filters off, you know, at $600 a set or whatever it is right now. Uh, so I got to replace those. But, but the absurdity of, of that claim by the EPA that a water filter is somehow a pesticide uh, is astonishing. And, and to what end? Like what, Who's benefiting from this? And, 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 you know, they always say follow the money. So you got to wonder who just invested in a water filter company someplace, you know, what politician or, or whatever, because that, that makes no sense on its face. And there it is right there, you know, and Berkey is suing the EPA um, over this classification because um, it's destroying their business. It's, it's putting, uh, putting a bunch of people out of work uh, and, and it's just, mind-boggling i'm just curious what your take on it would be as to why you think the feds might want to outlaw well i have a water filter on the planet 
Yeah, I haven't to really dive into this particular thing, but I will tell you that if I was, so I try to look at everything from a PSYOP perspective. And so I'm looking at all these different angles of what might or might not be sometimes based on information that's out there. And so what I can tell you is that having my own land and then looking up what it is to like do rainwater collection and things of that nature, for us as outdoor homesteader type individuals or off-grid type individuals, if you want to start minimizing the way that people can stay off-grid, you have to start choking some of the resources that they would use to be off-grid. And so one of those resources would be how we purify water. So in California, there's a husband and wife team that owns all of the water rights. So they are actually minimizing people's ability to collect rainwater, to uh, do uh, water purification and things within their house because they want to be in control of that water source. Now that centralizing water, just like we were trying to centralize power, like when I tried to get solar panels out on my property and the, and the guy comes out there and says, oh, well, if you want to if you want to do this, it has in order for it to be official, it has to actually be through the power company that you have to feed the power mm-hmm. back to them and then back, you know, at a discounted rate. So I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go to another power company. And then Shane, you know, the joke was on me because there was no other power company. <laughs> they were the only one serving that whole area. Um, so I have my, I have my way that I won't say on an open uh, that I got around that, but you know, there's still those types of things. So when we're looking at this, we say to ourselves, well, if we want to minimize people's ability to move off grid, we have to start attacking the companies just like they're doing with cryptocurrency, attacking the companies that, go to, that are going to allow people to set up off grid. And one of those is to attack the water filters so people can't filter their water properly. And so that's right off the top of my head without actually doing any investigation. That would that to me would be a logical if you came to me and you told me to write it up write up a plan on how to do that and you wanted to get black macgyver involved that would be how i would go about it <laughs> I, I, i'm glad to hear that that our opinions track 100 percent in line with each other because that's the same thing i thought uh, my response to it on twitter was uh they want you dependent they want you dependent they they have to mean you gotta if, if you're not dependent on them for something you know then you don't need them right well, exactly. They don't. They don't want diversity or choice. You know, it's a, no. Hakeem and I experienced this in the military. I mean, you you got several items that's, you know, on your LBE or on your uniform that work real well, but you're not allowed to wear those items, no matter how comfortable they make you or how much common sense they make, because somebody's like, well, that isn't one of the four items that that has been approved by the Department of Defense. On the way back from the doctor today, I stopped in a local John Deere shop with my cousin, the doctor, he wants to get a tractor. And I said, well, let's stop at the John Deere place. And the, the John Deere, the, the guy's like, we're not dealing with John Deere's anymore. I'm like, well, what happened? And they said, well, the dealership or the uh, John Deere factory wants to do away with all the mom and pop shops. And they just want to go with big distributorships. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, kind of like taking John Deere and going to Cabela's or to uh, yeah. t- tractor supply. And if they got 20, 30 stores, then they'll sell them the tractors, right? But if you're just say, Chris, you and I just wanted to open a John Deere shop in, in Northern Florida, they would not allow it. They've wow. stopped it, you know? So that, that, that's, that's, that's kind of, it's kind of scary in, this, in itself that not only government is using un, unelected regulation, 
unelected officials to regulate individuals, mm -hmm. but that corporations, big corporations are also doing it to the smaller ones. So what it does is just takes mm -hmm. choices away and you, you got to find out, you got to find some, some other way of doing it, whether it's filtering water or, you know, like Hakeem said, getting a second source of, uh, you know, electricity or whatever, you, you're not allowed to do it. It's you know, the, it's so. the, yeah. I like to call it the Walmartization. You know, yeah. Like and it's, Walmart it's been that way. In, yeah. It's, yeah. It's been that way for 120 years. Where I come from, the, the Colorado is known as the mother of rivers. Do you know that where my son was born in Canyon City, Colorado is, you know, uh, is the beginning of the Arkansas River. The people that live next to the Arkansas River in Colorado are not allowed to take a drop of water out of that river because it's owned by somebody in Little Rock. They want every drop of water going through Little Rock. So. Yeah, well, you know, back in the day, water wars were a thing. I mean, how can you claim? And and then the way, like, I didn't know it was a husband and wife couple in California that owned the water rights to the entire state. That sounds bananas to me. But yeah. like in California, I know you can't collect rainwater, you know. That the the idea that somebody owns the water that falls from the sky is is an absurdity of, of epic proportions. Um, but yeah, yeah. So I just wanted your take on that, man, because I, I I figured you track closely with me, and we're we're dead in line with each other. Same reason I thought. So uh oh, we lost Are your you voice, Arkeem. Must be a connection issue. We're completely lost him. Yeah. We might not be able to hear us, but that's all right. And if you want to build your own standalone, not whole house, solar power system backup, I can provide some help for resources. I'm in the next county west of you. Oh, there we go. Throw that up for Hakeem. Maybe you'll see it. He's still going, but he ain't going to be able to hear you guys. Uh, you guys ain't going to be able to hear him, apparently. So I don't know what's happening there. Dun, dun, dun. That's all right. How can you own flowing water? Thank you, Trick. Exactly. Uh, I wonder if he can hear us. We cannot hear you. So we'll let him sort that out uh, for a few yeah. minutes. But Sue, did you did you hear that about Berkey? Yeah, down. Did you know that the Berkeys were the EPA had done that? No, I've, I like I said, I've uh, I got out of the hospital uh, oh probably a, a couple weeks ago. And I've been I've been under strict bed rest, which uh, I'm glad I have because I, I mean uh, I felt like the whole time I felt like uh, after the surgeries I felt like I was laying under. Matter of fact, that's the the the, the damn PTSD I got from it. I had an actual dream in surgery. Oh, I was shit. laying under a car, and EMS people were trying to get me out from under it, like you know a car wreck or an airplane wreck or something. And I could remember all the EMS around me and everything. But every time they tried to jack it up, it felt like I was crushing my head more, you know. So I just Jeez. had this mass, massive headache for a month. So I'm finally getting some relief from it, and I'm, I'm glad I am. But uh, first thing I did was watch the news last night, and this un again, this unelected official over in the EU, I don't know if you heard of her, Ursula Ursula oh. von der oh, yeah. Leyen. Mm -hmm. she's not even elected. She's the president of the EU and she's trying to tell everybody that we need to get, uh, or everybody in Europe, she wants to introduce the, uh, global ID. Did you hear about that? Uh -huh. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, 
That just scared. And then she, and then she's not even, she's not, she's the president of the EU and she says the UN should enforce it. You know, so here yeah, she is, an unelected official trying yeah. to tell another agency or another no. organization. No, she's trying to tell, have to enforce it. She's trying to, well, she's also trying to tell sovereign nations that they need to do this. Because yeah. if, if, if everybody goes to that, you've just surrendered your sovereignty to the EU yeah. and the UN. Are you back? So we, we need to check her genealogy. I'm pretty sure she's the granddaughter of Heinrich Himmler or something like that. You know? <laughs> Little Nazi. Yeah, we I think I'm back. Minutes, there you're back. Awesome. All right. Cool. Oh, he's back. Yeah. Yeah. Good. I don't know where I where I left off, but I was talking that conspiracy theory stuff, and then everything shut down. So maybe I was yeah. on point. I don't know. Oh, man. Hey, man, <laughs> you're not taking flack unless you're over the target, bro. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> shit, I had something else I was going to ask you guys about, but we'll, we'll move on. So, so let's, let's get down to survival because we all three of us sitting here right now, stomp around in the woods a fair amount. So, so break down black MacGyver McGee's survival philosophy, like in training. Now I'm talking to teach survival because I don't consider myself a good instructor. I really don't. Um, I will do my best. I try, but uh, but I don't think I'm a very good instructor. So let's let's hear from somebody who actually knows how to teach people. <laughs> let's hear your philosophy on, on instruction. <laughs> oh man! So um, I have an acronym that I created as part of the Ninja philosophy, and it, it's adapt, right? And so I have this idea of acclimate, which is the A. D is decide. A, the other A is act, and then from there, I'm going to pace myself, and then I'm going to trim down whatever it is that I don't need. And so um, I, I see a situation, doesn't matter the situation. I'm going to acclimate myself to that. I'm figuring out what's going on here, where, and how does it relate to me and what, what I have going on. Then I'm going to make a decision. Okay, how do I deal with this particular thing? I make that decision. Then I'm going to take action. I'm going to take some action, whatever it is, whatever, based on my decision. Then I'm going to pace myself. So I'm not going to burn myself out in that action or go so far down that rabbit hole that by the time I realize it, I can't pull back. And then as I'm pacing myself, I'm re-examining and re-examining as I move along the way to see if there's anything that I actually don't need that at the beginning I thought I did, but at the end I don't. And that's where the T comes in, where I trim. I take all of that and I use this kind of concept of um, what I always tell people when I'm teaching them, I say, hey, you know, um, you, the, the best way that I say it is that um, the, the, the knowledge is king, application is queen, and together they rule. So it's this idea that if you have this knowledge, but you don't know how to apply it, then you can't have a successful kingdom, right? So you know, you have to have the knowledge, you have to then have the application, and together with good knowledge and application, if you put them together, then you have a quality kingdom, you rule the kingdom well. And I, I find that some people have a bunch of application, but they have no real like understanding or knowledge, and some people have a bunch of knowledge, but they really don't know how to apply that knowledge. And so they're, they're falling short of the two. So I try to get people to really understand that. And the way I teach, is I relate everything to things that people are already doing in their lives. So if I'm talking about a shelter, when I'm teaching building shelter, when people come out and it's their first day, first hour, I say, hey, who knows how to build this? 
They always say, I don't know. I don't know what to do. Da, da, da. I say, oh, yeah, you don't? Look at the house that you live in. All we did was upgrade the same things that the Neanderthals were already doing, right? So we just have an upgraded version of the same things. We're still building it with sticks and we're stuffing a bunch of stuff in between the walls. You know, we still have some way to contain our fire in this fireplace or in our central air system. You know, like it, it's still the same concept. It's just doing that. So if you look around your house and you say, well, what do, what do I have? Well, I have a floor. Okay, I have a foundation. So let me get my foundation together. Okay, now I have uh, a, I have walls and a roof. So let me try to figure out that. Now my my walls and my roof aren't empty. They got insulation in them. So let me figure out what is it, how to get this insulation in there. Once they get that and they say, oh damn, they look at everything and they start really figuring it out, you know, yeah. because then they realize they're living it. And I tell people if a, if a squirrel can survive harsh winters and then come out unscathed at the end then there's no reason why a human being has to die. <laughs> like, yeah. I, 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 love, I love primitive shelter days. Um, we, Alan Kay coined this term. Uh, I'm going to give him full credit because he did coin this term, but I use it anytime I'm teaching it. Primitive shelter days. We, we call it Bic Lighter. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We call it Tarp Appreciation Day. And uh, Primitive Fire <laughs> Skills Lighter Appreciation Day. <laughs> because, <laughs> like, they walk into it, you know, and two, it's, 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 when you're talking about the knowledge, having the knowledge of something, that's important. And, and, and there's a lot of people that have knowledge, but do they have an experiential frame of reference to their knowledge? In other words, have they ever been there and done it? You can watch YouTube videos and read books and learn a lot of stuff, but until you go do it, you don't actually appreciate it. Like, well, ask students, we're getting ready to start primitive shelter. Like, how long do you guys think this is going to take you? Oh, two, three hours, blah, 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 all this. You're like, all right, all right, so we'll give you guys like, three hours. Three hours, knock them out. Go for it. Six hours later, you know, when they're still at work on these things, they're like, yeah, we get it now. Like, well, now we now we see. And and two, your philosophy reminded me very much of, of the OODA loop with follow-up. Mm-hmm. It's basically the same thing. It's the yeah. OODA loop, follow-up. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, 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 yeah. That's a cool way of doing it, you know. And I love what you said there because a perfect example of that I always use this friend of mine. His name is, I'll call him Jay, not to put his full name out there, but um, uh, Jay taught at SEER school, the Army SEER school. And that's where he and I became friends. And one day he comes out to my property and we're talking bow drill fire set. And I'm like, man, you know, like I've done it, but you know, it's always takes me a long period of time. He's like, bro, it doesn't take that long. This time I said, yeah, it's easy for you because you're teaching it every two weeks at SEER school, another, another group. And um, he's like, yeah, I can do it pretty fast. You know, I was like, well, right here, we got a bunch of pine. Can you do it with pine? He was like, yeah, I can do it with pine real easy. It's not a problem. So I was oh. like, oh, okay. Well, I'd like it. Look at that guy. Hey. Look, Dapper, Dapper Dan has showed up. What's up, Dapper Dan? Turn your <laughs> microphone on. Hey, what? there you go. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, we're good. Yes. Yeah, we can hear you. Oh, shit. As you can with Holiday Inn. Holiday Inn uh, Internet. What's going on? What's up, brother? How you doing? Burned up. Been out in the sun all day on the range. Emery been beating on me all day long. But other than that. What are you thinking of that class, man? You know, they call it basic. And I think really it's basic push-up, basic setup, basic abuse. 
No, it's it's a great course. It's a great course. Can't wait for tomorrow. This is the first day of it? What day are you on? That's day number one. Oh, oh. oh. Let me let me holler at you in, in day five about, about five. Right, I, yeah. right yeah. before wrapping up, I want you to talk to me. Tell me how you feel then. Send you a short video. <laughs> Very short. Soaking <laughs> wet, spent, just wiped, just you know, because people Third, we're just we were just talking, I came about what people can watch videos and they can read books and they can they can theoretically learn. But that experiential frame of reference of, of knowing what it feels like to be that hot, that tired, sweating that much, you don't have enough water. And and this is just a training exercise. This is an FTX. Put that in real world and it, and it changes things so dramatically. And, and for you guys watching, Hakeem is an instructor. He's a great guy. Um, and, and Sue is an instructor. Um, you know, Emory is an instructor. Carl Erickson is an instructor. Mike, you know, Crush Beater. I got a lot of friends in this business to do this stuff. I don't care where you guys go get training, but go get training. That needs to be a line mm -hmm. item in your budget, just like anything else is in your life. You need to budget money to train with, and you need uh, to train. Hundred percent. Well, hey. uh, even more, even more important than budgeting the money is actually taking the time. Like, like. Like we were, like he was saying about the bow drill, you know, I I don't like using the bow drill either. So it just takes so much time to learn. But once once you get it down pat, and you got the right materials, it's not that hard to start a fire with a bow drill. You know, I don't but, like the bow drill particularly myself. I carry road flares if I really need a fire. Actually, not road flares. Yeah. I carry German yeah. maritime flares. But 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 if, but, all but that's a lifeboat skill. Us, yes. Yeah. Yes. All of us need to take the time to say okay. If I'm out of everything else, I need to take off my shoelaces and make a bow drill. Yeah. Yep. Or cut up my T-shirt and twist it into a string and and make that a bow drill. Like, yeah. you know, there's Something. nothing stopping you but yourself. Something. Yeah. yeah. So there's no one stopping you yeah. but yourself. Yeah. What is so it? I mean, yeah. Hey, though, we do we do it all we do it all the time. We tell our wives we're gonna we're gonna practice we're gonna turn the electricity off and we're gonna practice for a week and everything and we get shut down every single time. My wife, she'll be like, that's cool. Start the generator. Get it hooked up. Let's go. <laughs> I can turn the power off all I want. <laughs> what were you trying to say, T, before you were so rudely interrupted? Oh, I, it was picture? nothing. I just, you know, we're all guilty of procrastinating. I mean, on one level or another, except for Hakeem. Hakeem's the only guy that uh, uh, I've ever seen who doesn't procrastinate about anything. Uh, Hakeem, I told him we we talked. It's been it's been a few months back, and I told him I said hey, you'd have to you'd have to kill an entire rainforest to to ride out Hakeem's uh, all the job capable. But you know, um, was it really take to to do your training other than just get up off the couch and do it? And as far as the money part of it goes, hey, look, it's simple. Uh, don't get that that Pepsi every morning, every day going to work. I mean, what is a Pepsi? Nothing against soda pop. I know you can't cut everything out, but you know, at buck 39, buck 50 every day times 365 days equals a class with Hakeem, a class with, with tactical rifleman or something like that. I mean, it's simple. Take one little thing and cut it out and bam, you got yourself a class. Yeah, absolutely. And, and now that we have, now we have, T here. I'm gonna I want to ask this question because I want to get all of y'all's reaction. We'll, we'll sue first, and then and then T, and then I want to get the Hakeem's. This is totally kind of off topic, but it's relevant. So 
did you guys just hear where Zelensky came out and told the West in general, it would be a really bad thing for you to stop sending us weapons. We have millions of our citizens in your countries and who knows what they're capable of doing if you're not funding us. Basically, in a nutshell, that's what he said. Did any of you guys hear that? And if you did, like Sue, if you, if you did or didn't, what is your thoughts on that sort of a, a threat? Like well, a I, threat? I, didn't, I didn't hear it, but it's something I think about every day when we talk about this open border in the South and everything. And uh, you look who's coming across that border. Remember, I'm from just 100 miles from that border, so I know exactly what El Paso used to look like. And... Uh, the whole time I lived there, every time I went to visit, I never saw people from Haiti or from China or from Africa or from uh, Venezuela coming across that border. I never saw that before. Yeah. It's just it's just this last couple of years. And, I, I, you know, people say, well, what about all the Godaways or what about all the people that we, we intend on sending back and everything like that? Well, what about remember the movie? Uh, uh, Wolver or Wolverines or not? It wasn't Wolverines. Red Dawn. Red Dawn. Oh, Red that, Dawn, yeah, that's a, the first. That, that, that's a you get a frown face thing by your said, name for that one, Sue. Yeah, the <laughs> first thing that the first thing they said was you know in uh in the prelude up to the Red Dawn was they used all these uh illegal illegal aliens you know to form cells yeah. all over the country, and then I I pick up the paper I I turn on the internet and everything and. We've got another. We've got another fire at a, at a food production place, and I'm like, "What's going on here? What's going on here?" You know. So, if it's not already happening, and it's not Ukrainians, I can understand why the president said that. Why Belinsky said that at all? You know, I'm sure there's sales, not just Chinese sales, but I'm sure there's sales all over this country. Oh no, he meant it. He meant groups. it as in, if if you don't fund us, our citizens will do stuff in your countries. That's that's what, what I'm saying. Right. But no, we got right. citizens from all over the world. We got citizens yeah. from all over the world who haven't actually raised their hand and said, "I'm an American now." Yeah. They haven't. They have not done that. Yeah. And they still have all these rights, and they still have all these. Uh, they still have all this uh, networking going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you so, think about it, T? What do you think about Zelensky making that little veiled threat that shit could happen? Well, I did. From a guy, from a guy asking for charity. From a guy asking for charity. Remind. Remember that. You know, any yeah. more day and age, not, you know, everything's a bad idea. I mean, we're, we're at the point in the world where, you know, we, we're threatened from every angle. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nonstop conflict, it seems like. But um, as far as that goes, yeah, I, mean, I really don't care. I guess whenever it gets here, it gets here. I mean, if they're already here, I'm sure there is. I mean, our borders have been open. Uh, we've been flooded with terrorists and everything else for over two years now. Um, God knows what's out there, but um, I did not catch him see that. I, I did not catch that him saying that, but it doesn't surprise me at all with the crooks that they are. Yeah. Hakeem, okay, what do you think about it, man? Um, I'm the same way as he uh, And he's gone again. Hakeem, you got to stop using that free McDonald's Wi-Fi, man. That shit's killing you. Um, <laughs> he's such a good guy, too, guys. Like, like those of you who don't know who he is, like I, when I said he's generally one of the nicest people I know, this guy's always smiling and he's always positive energy wherever he goes. And, and so I, I hate that, that this is happening for him. It's not, I mean, this guy... I, I don't understand 
even gets all of his time. Uh, yeah, I was talking, yeah, yeah. You know, it, one day he's sitting on a rock in Ohio, and then the next day he's in Thailand. I'm like, how do you yeah. even do that? <laughs> well, you know, you can you can schedule your posts, right? You know, like, I mean, just saying. Just, I'm pretty sure. The team? There he is. All right, man. <laughs> You got you got to stop using that free McDonald's Wi-Fi, bro. You really got to step away from that stuff. <laughs> it's you know, whenever I start talking about any any theories I have, it just seems to shut down. So I'm I'm I'm, I'm starting to feel a little targeted here. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, my friend. Uh, so, what are your thoughts on it? What are your thoughts on the little veiled threat there? Um, I did not hear it, but I would say that if, you know, there's not much, even if I did, there's not much I could do about it other than be prepared myself for what could come down the line. Um, yeah, because yeah. there's so many layers to it, you know, it's, it's just, it's one of those things where there's so many different aspects of things happening right now. It's great to pay attention. It's great that that helps me understand that I need to be unified with like-minded individuals so that we can be prepared to defend what we have um, when the time comes. But ultimately, I mean, that dude and everybody else out there been like like Sue was saying, flooding us with you know different groups and you know that are organized working inside the boundaries of our. Um, but just being ready. Down again. Let's uh we're gonna run a quick little uh you know one of those promo things for mountain readiness, folks. And when we come back, we're gonna do our giveaway. So we're gonna knock hey that folks, out. Hey folks, this right. is T and this is Mountain Readiness. doesn't matter what the event is that, that makes this thing go pop. It's, uh, it's going to be water, shelter, fire, food, security. That's it. That's what you need in a nutshell. All right. And now that we've uh, we got that out of the way, guys, we're going to go ahead and do our drawing real quick. Uh, as you guys know, after this, we have On the Rocks over in Patreon, which is why I suggested you join that and you can join it for any amount. You can put your own amount in there. You don't have to select a tier. That lets you in to see all the cool stuff. Um, and there's not tons of cool stuff, guys. Uh, I'm, I'm busy trying to do a bunch of crap and I, I, I put too much on my plate. My, my, my eyes are bigger than my belly. And so we're going to be trying to reorganize a little bit. But here it goes. Let's run this thing and let's let's give away a cool ass little Zippo. Well, I love this thing. We're just watching it. It's like watching a slot machine go to work. Well, there we go. K-A-V-O-R-Q-F-B. I know who that is, but I can't pull it off the top of my head right now. But uh, email Russ. We'll put that up. Email Russ or Teresa, and we will get you squared away. Awesome. There you go. That's who you email. Now, before we get too much farther, there's been a question asked a couple times of Hakeem, and I want to make sure it gets answered. Um, and it's, what's your opinion on fitness when it comes to survival? I, I know the answer to this, I'm pretty sure, but... Let's hear it. Yeah, I don't. I feel like everybody can be like slobs and blobs, and they'll be fine. <laughs> no. Yeah. No, I um, I think it's I think it's super important. It's super important because 
um, you know, I mean, that's how human human beings have made it this far, you know, um, in 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 the his, in historical context. You know, they didn't they didn't make it this far by sitting around waiting for things to happen. They went out there and they got after it. And so, if something was to happen that we need to move a certain distance and carry some stuff or be able to fight our way out of a, an area or something of that nature. Um, there is no, ta there is no do overs, right? We can't go back in the video game and like, you know, stock up on all of it because we know what's coming down the pipeline. It's only you are where you are when things happen. And so, you know, the best bet is to, you don't have to be a superstar. Nobody's saying like, uh, be, you know, the highest level of military excellence, you know, but, um, just being able to do, you know, small feats, which now seem like huge feats. Can you walk a mile? Can you walk a mile carrying a little bit of weight on your back? You know, can you do that at a decent pace? You know, uh, can you ride a bike? Can you, uh, from one place to another rapidly if you needed to. Um, and so those type of things are things that I think people really need to pay attention to. And um, unfortunately, you know, you go to a lot of different events and you see people uh, who really are great people at heart and you want to know that they're going to be okay. But then they talk, they have a lot of stuff, but they, the, the one thing that's the most important, which is their fitness and health, they don't have that. And that's, that's, that's kind of spooky. And I will tell you, I, I met, this wasn't very honorable of this individual, but it was very real. And so I appreciated him being very real. And he was talking about a person that we knew that was, that was very, very overweight. And that person stuff. And um, this, this guy is a, a, a just retired out of the military, one of the really specialized groups. And um, he was like, it, yeah, having that guy around, I was like, well, do you want him on your team? Like, how is that working for you? And he was like, oh, no, he's, he's only on the team as far as the stuff that he has. But not because he offers anything it's, else. He's a walking loop like, drop. Is what he he's a walking loop drop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was like, he was and that's like, horrible. That's horrible. But. <laughs> it was horrible. He was like, when things hit the fan, yeah, we're not taking him on all his gear. You know, so I was yeah. like, oh, okay. Well, I'll start my own team without you. I don't want <laughs> You know, yeah. but I mean, it was a very. It's a very real way to think about people being real and when they think about this type of w world. And I think like shows like The Walking Dead really highlight how normal average Joes can into, you know, beast when it comes down to. And they could do things that are not very honorable when it comes down to that, because, you know, some when you're when your life is on the line, you know, that 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 needle of what's honorable and what's not honorable and what's right and what's not right starts to teeter a little bit for some of us, maybe not, but for a lot of people, it will, if they even had any to begin with, you know? Yeah. Never say never when it comes to, to that kind of thinking. And I go back to this fitness thing. I, I was thinking of this earlier today, as a matter of fact, because like I said, me and my wife, we took our daughter and her boyfriend. We went to a water park in Orlando today, which is awesome. Middle of the week. Kids are in school. We had this place to ourselves practically. But we were up on a slide waiting to get on this slide, and a relief lifeguard came up to give one of the relieve one of the lifeguards to move to another post or whatever it was. 
And when this guy got to the top of the stairs, I saw the two lifeguards that were on duty see him, which made me turn around and look because they were both laughing. And this guy had climbed up this short tower. It wasn't that tall. And he was he was done. He was he was spent. And I was like, and this guy's a lifeguard. He's supposed to swim out and <laughs> save a drowning person. And if you've never attempted to do that, let me tell you, from personal experience, you are in for one hell of a fight when you try to save somebody who's drowning. If you don't have the little floaty to throw at him, you're trying to do it on hands on. Uh, you're going to fight that person. And, uh, and and I was just looking at this guy going, there's there's no way in hell. If I saw him swimming out to me, having to stop and catch his breath <laughs> halfway to me and think he's going to pull me to shore, that's not happening. You know, so. So yeah, physical fitness, it is important. It, it absolutely is important. And all of us, myself included, can do more. Um, so, yeah, it's, you're on spot on, Hakeem, for sure. Well, I'm right. I'm right there with Hakeem. I mean, uh, you know, when you go, when, especially when you're doing psychological operations or you're on an ODA and stuff like that, and there's only 10 of you anyway or 12 of you anyway, and you got that one guy who's out of shape, he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to get up in the morning. He wants to go to bed early. You know, he's always, you know, you, know, you get tasked to do something. There's three of you over here and three of you over there. And he comes back and he sits and watches you work. You got to say something to that guy. You got to say, look, you need to stay in shape because we might be in a situation where we need you to pull your weight, you know? Yeah. So if you don't pull your weight every day, you're not going to pull your weight when we're hungry and tired and we're getting shot at. It's just that simple. If you don't pull your weight going across the parking lot or standing in formation or mowing the grass, then you're never going to pull your weight in, in combat. That's, yep. I, and I that's, have a lot of time to think about that, you know, with this uh, being on my back for this last month. If I was with five of you and I got this uh, subdermal hematola, I'd say, hey, give me a pistol. You guys keep going. Give me a pistol yeah. and a grenade. Here, I'll, do, take my I'll do what I can. I'll do what I can. What you can lay use out of my shit because I'm <laughs> – I'm not. I I I I have more of a guilty conscience than that. I wouldn't hold yeah. the four of you back, expecting you to carry my big fat ass down a mountain. Alan K. Alan K. And, and myself have had this discussion multiple times, and it's the same thing. Uh, you know, we're, we'll look at one another. Love your brother. I'm gonna do everything I can to slow him the fuck down. You know, I just became a fucking loot drop. I got anything you want. If take, if not, you know, I'm gonna do what I can. But. You're not trying to yep. drag me out of here. We're both not dying over my fucking mistake or whatever it was. So, yeah, and that's and, a fact. And it, it, it's it's luck of the draw. You know, I didn't I didn't ask to get injured, or you know, people don't ask to get sick, but that that's just that's just what happens. Yeah, mm. absolutely, yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, like I said, you just became a loot drop for whoever gets there next. But but are you gonna are your brothers, your teammates gonna die with you? And and that's a lot of that's something that I think a lot of people in the preparedness space really don't take to heart. Get all your cool guy shit out of the closet or out of your trunk of your car or wherever you keep it. I mean, all your, your plate carriers and all your high-speed gear and all your shit, your nods, your weapons, put your mags on, put your plates on, get your ruck, put that on too, fill your water containers, do the whole thing and put that shit on and start moving in the heat. I mean, in the work or, or when it's pouring rain or when it's freezing cold or, you know, any other severely adverse condition. Before we get off of here, guys, I, I thank you, Holly, for putting that up. Hakeem, we didn't get to, to get to everything, but where can folks find you and where do you want to point them right now? What do you want them to look at? This, the floor is yours to close things out. But don't forget, guys, we will have On the Rocks. Hakeem will be there for a little while, so we'll pop over there. But but where can folks find you? What do you want them to see, man? 
Uh, yeah, they can find me at that uh, web address, hakeem-isler.com. So H-A-K-I-M-isler, I-S-L-E-R.com. Um, if they want to get some of my classes, my online classes, and it is, the site is about to go through a little bit of a revamp. I got some classes that I have to put up. Um, they can go to surviveuniversity.com. Um, and those would be two places. If they're interested in the work that I'm doing uh, with the, you know, with troubled teens and youth going through different issues, as well as veterans like myself that uh, that had PTSD or have PTSD and suffer from different uh, symptoms of it, uh, they can do they can visit thesoilfoundation.org and see about getting involved there. Uh, you know, we could always use help, whether it be, you know, a person showing up to help with something or whatever a person uh, wants to give. And that's, that's the bit, those are the best ways to get in contact. Well, buddy, I'll tell you this about on the Soil Foundation and, and all of the stuff you're doing in general. If there's ever anything I can do to help you to promote or, or hands on, if you need somebody to come out, AI or, or whatever I can do, if I'm free and available, uh, bro, anything you need, just let me know. And I mean that wholeheartedly. Um, anything I could do to help somebody yeah. that's, that's pushing people in the right direction. So. And are that's you going to make it Thank to so fallout? Are you, are you going to make it to fallout in October? Are you going to be there? Folks are asking. So I just, I might be able to make it. I'm not sure. <laughs> I Come think, on. I think I saw it in. But then uh, Wanda was telling me about it recently because uh, she was at uh, Mountain Readiness. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You know, so, yeah. 20th to 22nd next month. Um, this is family friendly for all you folks out there. We're going to have trick-or-treating for the kids. We're going to have a costume contest. I can't wait for you guys to see Mel and my costumes. They're fantastic. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, it's going to be a good time. There's going to be a lot of classes out there. Sue, you still planning on doing your introduction to tracking class? Yes. Awesome. Yes, I, I, I got a doctor's appointment on the 20th, so I'll be late coming in. But uh, All right. And I'll tell you guys, I did a I did a little introduction to tracking with Sue one time, a class that he did. It's phenomenal. Like, when you are with an experienced man tracker that knows he's how to track and hunt people. Up for that, too. He's got also, what? He's got a ton of people signed up for his classes as well, Sue. Awesome. Hooked up, okay, and then before I jump off here real quick, before we jump on next, Emery said that I had to look at Sue dead in his eye and tell him that we love you. That's what he said for me to tell <laughs> you. He said, tell, tell Sue that I love him. And I All love right. you, too. Thanks for and he doesn't gay, mean... Thanks for being here. So I appreciate it. He doesn't it. mean in that brotherly way, Sue. You know exactly what he means. <laughs> he means in that he means in that cellmate way. <laughs> you you want to be the husband or you want to be the wife? <laughs> oh, hey, I thought for something for, for Fallout too. We need to get a bunch of pictures of, of Trump's uh of, of Trump's uh mugshot. We need to just put my cellmate on the t-shirt. We sell a ton of them. Oh, we could actually. That's a brilliant idea. My, Fallout. My favorite cellmate. Just put my it, favorite put it right cellmate. On He's a bottom. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps in the bottom bunk, guys. To get your minds out of the gutter. That's all that means. All right. Yeah. I want to say thanks to everybody. Hakeem, thanks for being here, brother. Uh, and maybe we'll do another one of these in the future. Have you on again too? Um, and that was a sincere statement to you. If you ever need my help, man, holler at me. If I'm free, I'm there, and and I mean that. So. Oh, uh, 
for you, for the rest of you guys, if you're patrons, jump over to Patreon because we're heading there next. We're going to do the On the Rocks, and you guys know that's a little, that's a little more funnish, in, 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 I guess so to say. So, guys, be good, be good at it. We'll catch you next time, or we'll see you in just a minute. When you're being told about the latest culture or fashion changes at Paris, France, let that person know that surrender clashes with your style 